We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 245. I am your host, Nate. Today, I am joined by Tyler. Welcome back. How you doing? I caught you right in the middle of a drink. That was worst fucking timing in the world. I'm going to have uh, probably an excessive amount of drink breaks brought to you by the Poor Report this week, just because (laughs) I'm a little bit under the weather, so... Uh, AP, if you're listening, I'm I'm expecting some kickback this week because I'm going to give you a lot of advertisement. Free advertise? Well, not really free. He's going to have to pay you somehow. Mm-hmm. A little one-on-one action in the back, mm-hmm. over the pants, handy or something. Something. But, any, anyways, dude, how's it going? It's been uh, busy, busy on my end. I've I've successfully completed my first year of college as a. Uh, you know, young slash middle-aged dude. Dude, congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Yep, it feels good. Um, you know, I'm getting along pretty well in, in my trade. I'm learning a lot and working with some really good people, which makes it, you know, you know that's 90% of the battle is working with good people. So, but yeah. Just Absolutely. I think if, if you're surrounded with a shitty crew, it can definitely bring your whole vibe mm-hmm. down and not make you want to even be at your job, which mm-hmm. then becomes a whole different battle. Well, and, you know, especially, um, you know, if you're having problems at work and everybody you work with is compounding the problem because you don't want to deal with the people, then it gets to the point where you're bringing your work life home with you, which causes problems at home. And then that, you know, that just reciprocates and then, and then it just makes life miserable and there's not a job out there that's worth worth uh, being miserable. So, I'm digging it. How? What have you been up to? Man, it's been crazy because we've been gearing up for another round of shows, and we're in recovery mode a little bit. But like, it's the you know, it's springtime and nice weather and shit. So it's like t-ball games mm-hmm. and uh, cleaning out my garage, which was a chore god and, mine needs uh, it dealing bad. with what's up i said god mine needs it bad you can come do mine next yeah, you know ready. i didn't oh yeah i don't think so uh i'm not i'm not doing yours for you man you gotta <coughs> figure that shit out but no it's funny because mm-hmm. i went out there to just move one thing i'm like you know what this electric mower i don't fucking need it i haven't used it in three years it doesn't cut the grass worth shit because yeah. it's electric, 
there there's something to be said about horsepower in an actual engine and not some electric shit. I'm just saying maybe it works for cars. I don't think it works for mowers. Because if the grass gets Indiana tall, like you know it does, because we get that rain. Anyways, so I went to throw that away, and the next thing I knew, I was like, fuck it. I'm just cleaning now. Let's go. You know, and it was like an hour and 20 minutes. Ollie and I cleaned the whole thing, and it was like, cool. I can park my truck in here again. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Score. Yeah, with all the rain and stuff that we've got just in the last week, you know, like I've been sick, so when I've gotten home in the evenings, I felt awful, and it's like, man, the weather's nice. I should really mow, but I don't have any energy, and, you know, I can't hardly breathe. So I'll I'll almost get motivated to go out and mow, and then I'll just put it off another day, and then it rains. My My grass is like a foot tall right now. I'm telling you, it's hardcore, man. Uh, I, I just, I just can't, I can't get ahead of it because my grass grows so tall or grows so fast. I could, I could literally mow my grass every day. I think you know, I, I don't think that mine's nearly that fast, but I think I, I told Sarah and V, I was like, I could really go on a two a day thing, mm-hmm. you know, every two days mow it because like I mowed on Thursday and here it is Sunday and I'm like, that's way too fucking tall. I already have work to do now. It mm-hmm. sucks. I don't really want to do it, but gots to, man. Uh, no, gearing up for all these shows has been cool. It's been nice to recuperate from being out on the road and being in the truck so much. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, fucking kills. But uh, I've been watching a lot of TV, and obviously I finished Game of Thrones. Tyler, you, like, rushed through to catch up to game of thrones before the finale well anyone i have anyone that hasn't heard me you know kind of monologue about it um you took a bath uh my little one has joined us again temporarily oh she's gone again um shout out to ruby yeah shout out to ruby um i watched uh season one episode one I watched it on premiere night all those years ago in my one of my good friends brother's apartment. We all uh you know kind of huddled around Indian style around his little TV that he had. He was the only person that that was close to us that had an HBO subscription. And I remember Fuck watching him. Yeah, I mean I mean we you know we made a big deal about it. We ordered pizza and you know it was kind of a little shindig but um You know, I watched episode one air and I had read a little bit of the first book at that time. I hadn't really, you know, gotten super involved in the franchise. And at the end of that, I was like, yep, this, you know, this is going to be HBO's next big thing. Like the Sopranos or, you know, any, any of the big shows that were coming out around that time, you know, Walking Dead was getting really popular you know, because it had premiered the year before. It was just, you know, a lot of stuff going you're in the on. Middle of the, you're in the middle of the, like, storm of Breaking Bad was out. You mm-hmm. had Dexter on TV at that time. I mean, it was a really a golden age for those kind of shows when, when Game of Thrones dropped. Mm-hmm. Spartacus got really popular for, for anyone that had a Stars subscription. Um, you know, just, just kind of that that next big show phenomenon. I I knew that was going to be it with game of Thrones. So I watched, um, I watched every episode of season one as it aired 
um, in that little apartment with my best friend and his brother, you know, so that was an experience. And the, the first season is definitely a little slow and, you know, that's, that's kind of why it took me so long to get caught up. I watched the first three seasons by myself and then I got Skylar involved and she just, I mean, the first time that we sat down to watch Game of Thrones, she couldn't get past the first episode. She would fall asleep. And, um, you know, I, I, we tried that multiple times, you know, I, I just, I just kept trying and finally I gave up. So I watched the first three seasons and then I said, you know what, after every season airs, when the next season premieres, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch a season behind and then I'll be caught up, um, you know, when the final season airs and I just, you know, with work and family life, I got way behind and one day, her and I sat down, and I said, look, you know, I've watched enough crap with you, and I don't watch a lot of TV, but this is something that I really want to watch with you. I want to I experience this with you. And um, we basically watched uh, five seasons in two weeks, you know? Fuck yeah. So we were, I mean, there were there were nights where we were doing you know, four to six episodes, you know, basically a whole season. Um, and we got caught up the day after episode three aired, we got caught up. So that, that, that was the long night. mm -hmm. So that after the, the battle for Winterfell aired, we caught up that next episode we watched on premiere night. And, um, I had, Going into season eight and and staying spoiler free as much as I could, you know, it's been really tough for a lot of people this season. Um, I had a couple major things spoiled for me uh, from the long night just because I was, and it, <coughs> excuse me, I was reading like the history of the major houses in Westeros and. You know, I'm scrolling through, I'm scrolling through, and, you know, all at once it gets to House Mormont, and then it talks about how House Mormont is dead now, and went into really explicit detail. Oh, no. And, you know, uh, Jorah was, was my guy on the show, um, and, I, you know, I, I going into that episode specifically, I knew there was going to be a lot of character death, and I expected most of it. Um, I did not expect that one just because of how he had been so important to the main character of the show, you know, the, the one of the main characters of the show. And, um, you know, so I was a little bit disappointed, but I really, really enjoyed, uh, the long night. And then going into episode four, it was one of the worst episodes of television I've ever watched ever. You know, and I've I've watched some bad stuff. Um, it was just boring and slow, and and the pacing was off. And like one of my biggest complaints with this season is some of the dialogue choices. And you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not an actor. I'm not an acting coach, but I I, I think I'm educated enough on the subject to look and kind of critique how how a scene is playing out and seeing seeing some of the actors interact with each other just felt uncomfortable yes but you know every season 
every season in Game of Thrones has one or two duds. So I thought surely, you know, episode five, episode six, you know, they'll end this show on a super high note. I thought episode five, not being the, you know, narratively the best, it made sense. And and there was a lot of things that I really loved about that episode. And then you, you roll right into episode six and it's like, why, why did I invest in eight year or seven or eight, you know, um, seasons of character and plot development for rushed, quick cop out ideas and and execution. You know, John going north of the wall. Um, I was on Game of King chairs the the week prior to that episode airing, and that was one of my main theories. You know, whether Drogon went with him or not. Um, it makes sense for John to not rule the Seven Kingdoms. It makes sense for him to go north of the Wall. So I appreciated that a lot. Um, I re- they fulfilled his "the prince that was promised" mm-hmm. prophecy too. Once with that, which I thought was nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that that are complaining because John isn't sitting on the Iron Th- Throne, which isn't even realistically there anymore. It's a pile of lava, or you know, Brand's Brand's wheelchair actually mm-hmm. is the throne. Yeah, Brand's he's wheelchair. always sitting in the throne. So, I I guess I'll break this down in in tears. Um, there was so much tension in the first half of that episode. You know, Bla- that's one of the things that Blaine and I agree on. Um, you know, the first half of the, the first half of that episode definitely should have been an episode by itself. You know, kind of building up more of the tension between Jon Snow and Grey Worm. Um, I would have appreciated that, especially because Grey Worm's character is one of the ones that I have the biggest gripes with. You know, the last the last three or four seasons, you 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 have, I mean, the directors have have built Grey Worm up with this, you know, undying loyalty to Daenerys and you know their relationship and. and you know, they build more upon that when she makes him the master of war and, you know, like like that made sense. But when, you know, when he just starts murdering people in the street in episode five, like I get it. Okay, I get it. But he wouldn't have followed blind loyalty like that. No, I, I think because Daenerys didn't tell him to start murdering people unless that was an off-screen thing and if you know if someone said well yeah it's right here in the script you know him and Daenerys had a, a you know their own kind of battle planning off-screen okay you know I'll, I'll, I'll concede to that and that makes sense but you know you've got you've got the unsullied just going ham on on the citizens of King's Landing while women and children are being burned and and it it just didn't fully make sense because part of Daenerys's story being the breaker of chains all of these pe- all of the unsullied were were robbed from their families as children you know and castrated and made eunuchs one of one like when she when she takes control of the unsullied in Astapor she says you know harm no women no children you know anyone that has uh, a collar or chains remove it and every time that her and Grey Worm or her and the Unsullied have major dialogue, she talks about how they were, you know, their childhoods were stolen from them. You've got 
You've got Mama Dragon flying around robbing all the children of their childhood, you know? And Totally. It, it just, it didn't, you know, I, I appreciate that episode for a lot of reasons. It didn't feel, it just didn't, it didn't make total sense. Um, you know, I get maybe burning down the Red Keep, but you're you're gonna fly yes. around a city of a million people and just nuke all of it? Okay, you know, come on. Um, I mean, and I get that Daenerys the reason it, they want to use that is because you know, obviously it calls back to the Mad King and his solution, you know, mm-hmm. to burn them all. Yeah, uh, I, I but mean, it, it just shows that the the Targaryens, the true Targaryens that knew and know they are Targaryens, mm-hmm. have like this like unwieldy bloodlust they don't even realize. Well, they're all I mean most of them are inbred, so they're all probably, you know, a little bit <laughs> not there. Um but you know, it's it's not all negative. Um you know, a lot of people complained about episode 3 being super dark and and not being able to see anything going on and you know, I'll be the first to admit when I watched it, you know, I I I messed with the settings on my TV so I could see what was going on a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I'm a big critiquer and appreciator of cinematography. So, you know, the level of immersion that you had in that episode, there's been very few forms of media that have been able to get me there. I mean, because... Like panic-inducing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, it's... You Moments in that episode are panic-inducing. You can't see shit. And, you know, that's that's just a perfect definition of what immersion is. You are in it. Um, episode 5 felt very similar. Um, I really appreciated that they shot everything from the street level looking up. Um, you know, they went a little bit cheesy and corny with the whole Arya and, you know, the pale horse and... And I thought I thought that surely they were going to play that all or play that out a little bit more than they did. Um, you know, the Kaglane Bowl was was fucking fantastic. Um, I've watched that fight now with like nine different versions of it edited. One with lightsabers, which was incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, one with lightsabers and Duel of the Fates. You know, um, awesome. That Ooh. just. I mean, uh, of all the things that that I've complained about over the entirety of Game of Thrones, one thing that I don't I don't think anyone can nitpick or complain about is the, um, you know, the Hound becoming Arya's surrogate father and that relationship that they build, and you know, her leaving him to die and then going and you know training to be an assassin and coming back and then you know that bond is just strengthened. Um, all of all of the the writing between those two characters was just fucking fantastic, and I don't I don't think, you know I I think Maisie Williams kind of gets overshadowed by Sophie Turner, and I think Maisie Williams is way more talented of a human being than than Sophie Turner is, and and I'm not saying Sophie Turner's not talented, um, I just think that uh, Maisie should get a little bit more attention than she does, um, but. That that last episode, man, was the definition of why people are complaining about the show. It was just, it was too much crammed into too short of a time period, and I I don't I don't understand how. <coughs> excuse me, 
you could have right. you you could have the network HBO say, "Look, we will give you our entire budget. We will give you whatever you want because we're making money hand over fist. We'll pay you whatever we want, you know, or whatever you want, you know, whatever needs to happen for this show to continue and keep fans as invested as they are right now." do it and and you got it and you know D&D are like yeah we can we can do it in uh 8 seasons I mean everyone's complaining right now because they think that um you know and I and I'll be the first to admit I'm one of them that that they rushed through this season so they could do Star Wars and I don't blame them you know you and I have talked about that on the show before that <clears throat> between the MCU and uh, Star Wars, that's kind of the crown achievement for directors in Hollywood right now. Um, Absolutely. But it goes back to what I said about the, the fans' investment. You know, we, we, we spent our time and our money to make sure that you could make money, and we were given a bag of hammered dog shit. Um, there, there were, uh. there were things from that episode that were great. You know, Jon Snow going north of the wall. Um, the people that got appointed to the small council, I really appreciated that. What I did not appreciate was the small council talking in third person with cheesy, uh, I'm a fifth grader dialogue because Westeros is, is cutthroat. Westeros is cut and dry, um... You know, this is the way it is, and hearing grown men talk like children, um, and have you know one of the one of the worst dick competitions I've ever seen was just it, it was hard to watch. You know, I wanted to shut it off, and you know, Bran being king or being crowned king of the six kingdoms um right before that right before they they announced who was going to be the king i paused the 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 live stream and i looked over at my wife and i said if they pick fucking bran as the king of the uh, of fucking westeros i'm going to shut it off and not watch the rest of the episode and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't follow through with what I said just because I wanted to see what god-awful things happen next. Um, and and looking back, it, you know, it makes sense why he always said that he couldn't be Lord of Winterfell. But there, there's, a, there's a scene while he's sitting by the weirwood tree and he says, I can't be the Lord of Winterfell. I can't be the Lord of anything because I'm the Three-Eyed Raven now. Now, wait a minute. You you see this character just be cut and dry and not not tell any lies, you know, for multiple seasons. And then where was I mean? Why did we forget about that? Why did we forget about all these major uh, side characters that just disappeared? Why did we forget about uh, Jon Snow being a Targaryen? No one talked about that at all. No one brought it up in that final meeting. It should have been like, well, he is technically at the rightful all. king. No one even like no one even raised an eyebrow at it. Yeah, there like, were some there listen, that's why I wanted you to be able to come on here and 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 st- say your piece on what you didn't like about the episode cuz it did have a lot of shortcomings. There were a couple things I thought they got pretty right, 
like the decision of Drogon not to take out Jon Snow, mm-hmm. he knew what killed Daenerys. He knew mm-hmm. it wasn't Jon and that Jon truly loved her. That's why he made that decision. And well, that's and, powerful. Like that's like okay. And on top of that, Jon is the last <clears throat> living Targaryen. So, you know, Blaine and I talked about this a little bit on Game of King Chairs that you know, even if if Jon kills Daenerys, Drogon is still going to be mildly loyal to him because he's the lat the dragons and the targaryens are are um they're the symbi- same strand of dna yeah and you're not like he's drogon is the last dragon john snow is now <clears throat> the last dragon drogon would be truly alone if he killed john snow so that made sense, and I really appreciated that. And that, you know, seeing seeing the vision that Daenerys had in the House of the Undying play out in real time was fucking incredible. Um, yeah. You know, just, it was fucking good. Um, you know, especially when, when Jon is, is walking into the Red Keep and you see Drogon come up out of the snow didn't see that coming you know i thought that was just a fucking mound of rubble and ash and i keep saying snow it was ash millions of dead people that's the snow that you see in that episode um yep i mean just i mean it it was just fucking good you know i'm i'm almost there's a lot of things in this episode that almost leave me speechless like everything that takes place in the red keep and then there's a lot of stuff that that doesn't leave that that's the total opposite that I just want to scream about. So, I don't okay, know. Let me let me throw this theory at you. I think that this would have made for a better ending, and and this is just my theory. So, John goes up to the to the keep, sees her. They have an embrace. As they're embracing, Grey Worm walks in and says, "You know, I need to talk to you." It's important, and you know, John and him already had some tension. So you're like, okay, this makes sense. John leaves as he's going away. He hears Drogon like screech. He comes back to what he assumes is Grey Worm, having just stabbed Daenerys. So then Daenerys is now dead. In reality, though, it's Arya. Mm, yeah. So then you can, do, and then I think it would have been more interesting to do a slight frame up with Grey Worm, and then just because John knows the truth, have him exiled. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 one thing that I really, and I want to get your opinion on this, but I also had a problem with this line in the in the episode where, uh, uh, Sir Davos, you know, says, "Go start your own house and you have your own families." Yeah, the Unsullied, a bunch of dudes with no dicks. Let them go start their families, like. What are you saying, Davos? How can how can you say you're giving the Unsullied a house when they're not going to be able to reproduce? They can't. We got no dicks, carry bro. John. Yeah, they're the dickless. I mean, it's like Varys's fucking dream world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's like okay, so John reuniting with Tormund and Ghost. That was great. Um, because at yeah. the end of, at, you know, when they leave Winterfell, I was really sad to see Tormund go. Um, cause you know, he's, he's a fan loved character. Uh, he's so fucking goofy. And then 
him him being shunned by by Brienne, you know, and actually seeing him get emotional about it was was fucking hilarious. Um, I really appreciated that scene where Brienne adds to the, you know, basically the Hall of Heroes, the the book telling about all the the Kingsguard. Um, that was great. Seeing Podrick elevated, you know, we we see him when when he starts at at nothing, you know, go fucking go help my, um, you know, my monster of a sibling. Be be his sidekick. Um, you know, seeing Podrick's entire journey uh, to being a member of the King's Guard and you know, kind of the right hand guy to the the King of the the Six Kingdoms, that was great. Um, but I, I say again that that small council meeting was rough. The the reason why they exiled John, you know, was just just bad. Like, okay, you're gonna go back to the Night's Watch. There is no Night's Watch. It, exactly. That's what I was getting ready to and, say. And Tyrion, yeah. and Tyrion justifies it. You know, we always need a place for for bastards and, and criminals and people without a home. And, and that okay, I'll vibe with that. But why don't why don't you just say, you know, go be with your people. You're one of the free folk. Just go be with them. You know, people would accept that. And you know, there's the meme going around right now, like. Hey, bro, the Unsullied are gone now. You can stay. It's all right now. Like, I, I I appreciated seeing the Unsullied traveling to North because that is Grey Worm keeping his promise to Masande. Yes. But, like, they're leaving. No one... On to the next thing. Yeah, no, one, no one's going to cause any shit because no one really cared about Daenerys. She just killed a million people. All the people that care are leaving. True that. And, you know, Skylar brought up an interesting point earlier. I I would have liked to see um, you know, a little bit of, of kind of closure between Samuel Tarly and Gilly and little Sam um, you know where the hell are they at? Are they still in Winterfell? You know, did That's Sam? A great question. Did, did Sam? I thought they were in the crypts. Because, <laughs> well, they were, but I mean, yeah. Sam. You know, Sam left to go to King's Landing. So, did he just leave him there? Did he send him home because he's now the lord of his house? Um. Oh. You know. No one, no one, there's a lot of characters that you just don't know what the hell's going on. Um, Sansa Stark Bron becoming... Cool, Bron got a cool comeuppance. Yes, I, I appreciated that, seeing him, you know, finally get his fucking castle. Because Bron was one of my favorite characters on the show, too. I didn't really like the direction that they took with him. Um... But it fits. It fits with who he was as a character from the beginning. You know, like as long as you keep paying me, I won't kill you. You know. Um, but Sansa, <clears throat> Sansa becoming the Lady of Winterfell, and her entire journey, that was okay. But just the the dialogue that spawned that was just rough, and it was poor. You know, like. 
Con- it was almost Kanye West-esque. Like, hey, bro, I'm going to let you finish, but my brother over here, his dick don't work. Like, okay. Could you not have let the man finish talking? Like... For real. It, you know, it just could have been better. The The main The main point of my frustration and my anger besides you know kind of the investment that i talked about earlier was <clears throat> we're in this we're in this age where we are the biggest fans and the biggest critics but at the same time it's not okay to be a fan and it's not okay to be a critic you know we had a whole long spiel about this on podcast for the other night but i'm going to add a little bit more to it because I watched Game of King Chairs uh, this this past Thursday, and everyone except Clint was like, you know what, we may or may not have liked the episode, but we've got to accept it. You don't. You don't have to accept it. If you don't like something, you you don't have to say, eh, that's okay. You don't have to. No, you voice your opinion and say, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I know... I mean, I, I know you liked it more than I did, and and when I say that it was awful, it was. But there were a lot of parts of it that I really loved. It was just overall a steaming pile of shit. See, I think inherently I'm gonna say something is I'm like more uh, <clears throat> meant to say that I like things. I'm always gonna look at it in the bright side because I do search for the things I loved as what I connect to, and this episode. As I said, shortcomings, I can see them, and I agree with you on everything you've said. They they definitely dropped the ball. But for some reason, the few little things they got right in this episode for me in the finale was like, okay, like I, I guess I'm okay with this. Like, Bran ends up the king. Cool. Sansa ends up kind of in the position that she was always meant to have. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. Arya is going to go... Do the wild, wild west of Westeros. See, see, I fucking loved that. Yeah, like that's awesome. But it's what I'm. What I guess what I'm getting at is, if you look at the map that they've created for that universe now, there's a Stark across all of it, and they will ensure that no one king raises up and thinks they can take everything. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Like that's a cool thing to think about their story. But. Was it rushed? Yes. Could they use maybe two more episodes to really flesh out some of these ideas? Absolutely. How cool would it have been to have a whole tension episode with John thinking Daenerys is plotting to kill him, mm-hmm. but that's not even happening. Right. You know, and him trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to betray her or not? That would have been a very powerful episode for that character. Especially if you took it from the direction that maybe he's just going to accept death. Yes, exactly. Like, well, this is like I died once. I got brought back by the Lord of Light to do my task in the long night, and now I can go to rest. You know. Wait here. Here. But, here's one big question I had. You have the season finale of of arguably the biggest show in television history. Why are Why do you put a cap on that? That it's only an hour and twenty minutes. Another mistake. Shortcomings. I don't. I don't understand. You know, if if you want to shorten your episode count, you need to you need to really up the ante on your runtime. I don't know how you feel about it, but I would have gladly sat through every episode of this season being two hours long. 
Easily. No problem. No question. You give me a better story and more elongated. Imagine the long night being the whole fight, the whole battle that we got. And then instead of using the majority of the next episode to celebrate the battle, you got the celebration right after and got to be immersed mm-hmm. in these people grateful that they are alive after that. Mm-hmm. That would have been more impactful. But, you know, it'll, I don't know. I, the only thing I guess I find some solace is that George R. R. Martin said he gave them the ending and that they did and didn't do his ending, mm-hmm. whatever that means. So there were some things I think that got changed and some things they stayed dead on. So who knows? Well, and and I'm glad that you brought um, old Georgie up because I, I watched or I read, old an artic- <laughs> I read an article from his not a blog uh, blog the other day that said it, it, it pointed specifically at the fans saying or, or asking him which episode or which ending should we choose as the canonical ending? Should we choose the way that you end the books, or the way that that D and D ended the the TV series? Which one is the true ending? And and he put it, you know, pretty bluntly: read the books, watch the show, pick whichever one you like more, and that's that's the way the story ended. It doesn't really matter what I think. You know, they were given free reign. Um, to do whatever they wanted with the show, uh, within reason, obviously. Um, it's been a while since, since he really, um, you know, kind of steered the ship as far as the show went. So I, I, I think, think he what, gave, season five was the last time they were in sync. Yes. I, or it's, six. See, I think it was the ending of season five, maybe the beginning of season six. Nick, Nick Maxson would be, uh, definitely the one to ask on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the way that he said that. Just pick whichever one you like more. Um, I've, I've also read, you know, I, I, I can't say it specifically from him, um, but I've, I've read some stuff where, where he didn't really care for the way that they ended the show. Maybe that's, maybe that's uh, the, the, the things that they did or did not change. Um, maybe there, Ooh, maybe yeah. there was some stuff that that they didn't change that he didn't want people to see before they read it on paper. So, part of part of the problem and the issue that I have with with the way that it ended is what do we, what do we fucking do now? You know, and, um, and, I think and, and we I, get hyped. I don't say that as a joke because you know we just we. We collectively just experienced Endgame, you know. A ch- yeah. a chapter has closed on, you know, the most ambitious project in cinema history. I feel like, and now another chapter has closed in an equally as impactful um, media for Arena. entertainment. Yeah. Yes. What What do we do now to fill that void? Well, and it's crazy, Tyler, because to think that's not all that's closing this year. We're going to get the end of the saga of the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at all these things that we're getting the end of. Uh, I know you haven't watched it yet, but Gotham ended this year. And and, and you know what? I'm just going to say it here. I thought Gotham had a way better finale than Game of Thrones. I mean, I liked them both, but I think Gotham 
took more executed risks that pay off. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I liked about it. And as sad as I am about Game of Thrones coming to a close, um, you know, now Skylar and I have an opportunity to get caught up on all the things that that I've, you know, put off to the side. Gotham, you know, some of the CW shows I've wanted to watch for years. Um, I would like to get caught up on The Walking Dead, even though, you know, that's kind of a subpar show now at this point, too. Um, Man, uh, yes. All I can say without going too far into spoilers is the show now that The Walking Dead is desecrated what the comics did so well because the comic story not only is it so purely driven on keeping you always on the edge of your seat and guessing as a reader it always gives you satisfying payoff that's like i don't give a fuck if they just killed a major character they did it in such a way that it's it's honoring the sanctity of the story they've told before it. And when you go off and, again, not spoiling anything, kill off some major characters that have humongous storylines in the comics that you didn't even touch, that's just a shortcoming on AMC's behalf that mm-hmm. they, you know, didn't want to pay actors or whatever the fucking reason it was, you know, because they could have had some really cool content. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say there. Yeah, I think the the next major thing that we're going to do, we're going to get caught up on Stranger Things before the new season um, debuts. I've watched pretty much the entirety of the first season. Skylar's watched the first episode, so kind of Game of Thrones all over again. Um, but obviously a lot, lot, lot shorter A lot less seasons. to track through, though. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, that'll be fun to experience with her. You know, we're in this... I'm in this point now where... I've got all this cool shit that I want to do and all this cool shit that I like to do, and I just want to do it with as many people as I can, you know? Fucking A. Um, whether whether you agree or disagree, uh, and that's to you or anyone that's listening to the show, um, whether you agree or disagree with how I feel about Game of Thrones, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if, if you like what I've said, awesome. Um, I feel like... Whenever, whenever I have a strong dis- distaste for um, any of the things that we talk about on the show, that that I, 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 at least I think that I can justify it, um, you know, good enough for me. Um, and to to go back to the, you know, we're fans. We want it now. This isn't the ending that we wanted. You know, that whole that whole ideal that we're, we're that we're kind of wrestling with right now. Just figure out your opinion and then, you know, justify it to yourself. And, you know, as long as you're not screaming in other people's faces saying that they're wrong, you know, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, you catch a lot of flack because you have the flag on your shoulders that says king of unpopular opinion. So with that comes people trying to change your opinion or at least say, no, man, this is why I love it, and you're my friend, so you should love it too. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's not really a guilt game, but it's almost like a, like a fuck, man, we could really be bonding over, okay, example, like you're never going to like Breaking Bad because of Brian Cranston. I love that show. It's oil and water, but I'm not going to press you and be like, come on, dude, just be like, we've had our fun, we've teased you, the mm-hmm. joke has been made, but... The reality is, if you're not down with them, I can't. There's fucking tons of actors that I cannot stand. 
well, to watch. One of my favorite actors is one that you can't stand. I'm a big Tom Hardy guy. You can't stand him. Tom, Tom. I'm o- <laughs> knew you were gonna. Say I'm okay Tom with Hardy. that. Um, you know, uh, um, what was I gonna say? Um, you know, we we like to you know kind of hold the pitchfork above our head and say, you know, as as kind of. Um, I I don't know chroniclers or 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 like sages of nerddom, you know that that's kind of what we are, because yes. we we have we have knowledge and we have experience, because you I mean we've we've not been podcasters our whole life, but we've we've loved to to conversate and 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 talk and and just nerd out about this shit our whole lives, and you know as much as we like to say that you can't demand. You can't demand the the plot that that makes the most sense in your head from the people that are making it because it's not your story. I think you have. It's also not your head. I think you have to you have to look at the other side of the coin because we as a fan base guilted a movie studio into changing the way the new Sonic uh, in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie looks, and everyone is okay with it. So rightfully fucking so, he looked awful with human he, teeth. He looked fucking awful in general. Um, you know they pushed that release back to February of next year now, right? Yep, yep. I'm I'm really glad that they did because Sonic the Hedgehog, um, you know, kind of all pretty much anything Sega related always gets overshadowed by anything Nintendo related or Disney. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is a cool fucking character in a cool universe, and it's got this movie's got Jim Carrey. When was the last movie? you know, notably that Jim Carrey did. It's been a while. So Man, uh Kick Ass Two in like twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really happy to see I, I look at it as a win that that movie studio and Sega were like, okay, we kind of fucked up. We should fix this. We can't Maybe the fans are good, right. In in good conscience we cannot be hypocrites. So let's not play devil's advocate let's just be accepting of both sides of kind of the opinion coin some people are going to be unhappy with how things play out and others aren't and it's okay you know if sonic the head uh, if sonic the hedgehog would have would have made it into that if i would have went to see sonic the hedgehog in that theater and he would have like would have looked like that i would have been pissed the whole time but if 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 and not had an enjoyable experience. Well, not necessarily. If the story was fun and it and it justified me buying the movie ticket, then I would have and then I would have raved about it, or or acknowledged that it was good. Um, Could you have looked past the human teeth, though? Man, I, I, mean, I really I would have dwelled on it. It would have been tough. I'm telling you, it it bothers me to look at. It really does. I want to see Detective Pikachu. I still haven't seen that show. Well, you can watch it for free. My wife's got the link on Facebook right now, thanks to Ryan Reynolds. Oh, oh snap. What? S- you didn't. You don't remember that? No. Like, the day that it hit theaters, Ryan Reynolds released the whole movie on YouTube for free. <sighs> Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I'll send, you, I'll send you the link when we get done recording. Link me that shit. I'm going to watch it. But, uh... uh yeah, I, I I think maybe not tomorrow, but but next weekend, uh, Skylar and I are going to take Ruby to see Detective Pikachu. Matt Wilcox, host of Podcastrophy, 
raved about it the other day. You know, he said he said the plot is really easy to understand and you know, kind of uh kind of predict what made happens for children yeah it's made i mean it's it's made for children and young kids and um he said ryan reynolds as pikachu or as detective pikachu was fantastic just think about this though think you know you and i were alive when when pokemon hit north america and fucking took the world oh yeah took the world by storm the first time imagine biggest mistake of my life by the way I was at my grandma's house and my next door neighbors to my grandma was like, "Hey, I, we bu- we went and bought a bunch of first edition box of Pokemon cards. Do you want a box for twenty five dollars?" And I said, "Yes, I would love a box of Pokemon cards for twenty five dollars." So I ran over and told my grandma, and she said, "No, I will not be giving you twenty five dollars today, young man, because I spent twenty five dollars and bought you this Beanie Baby you asked for." Oh shit! And she said, "You have to decide," and I went. And decided on the fucking Beanie Baby because she guilted me into it. Damn it. Damn you, Grandma. It would have been a fucking first edition set with Charizard, bro. Mm -hmm. First edition. My super nerd is coming out. Anyways, do you think Game of Thrones struggled to satisfy people because Endgame did such a great job satisfying people? (sighs) Excuse me. I think... I think it's a little bit of that for sure. Um, I, I think I think the biggest reason that Game of Thrones didn't satisfy people is because the the plot of the the final season was poor. But I think, uh, um, you know, Game of Thrones is tough because, you know, I had I talked about how season one episode one, I had that experience with my friends, you know. We as hype, friends, hype, hype. we didn't get to experience Endgame together. What was that? Huh? I was just saying hype, hype, hype. Mm-hmm. When you were with your friends, seeing yeah. it, you know. So we we didn't get to experience Endgame together, but we've we've done Star Wars and you know other MCU movies, and you know taking my wife who had just recently got uh you know kind of involved in the MCU and seeing her give a shit about these characters as you know as they come and go and and story threads are wrapped up and you know the action and ev- you know that whole movie is is an edge of your seat experience and nothing like that had ever been done before nothing like game of thrones i think um you know, with their visual effects and, and the amount of people that they've had on screen at one time and, and a lot of things. Um, you know, I think them being so close together, people, the way Endgame just made you fucking sad. For, for <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, did. just for a multitude of reasons because, <clears throat> you know, it's a chapter closing, you know, you lose... You lose characters that you care about that you've that you you know you've enjoyed for a decade. Um, you see characters that you care about kind of end up not how you would think that they would end up. Um, it just, I mean, it tugs on every yeah, well it, it 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 tugs on every heartstring that you have, and you leave the theater with mixed emotions, but you acknowledge how incredible the thing that you just watched is. And I think if 
I'm actually surprised that they didn't do Game of Thrones in theaters for that final episode. I mean, because just think about the think about the money that they would have made. I mean, they would have sold every theater out. Huge, um, huge. But you know, Skylar and I experienced that together, so it's a little bit uh, of a of a smaller sample size. But I, I think for sure you're you're definitely onto something. If if we would have experienced that kind of collectively, um, you know, actually experiencing it together and not. Uh, spoiling it for everybody with memes, I, I think I think a lot more people, you know, maybe even myself, would have been able to accept it. Hmm. Well said. So let's jump into this next thing I want to do with you. We've not done anything like this on Journey into Comics since way back in episode forty when we did a superhero draft where we drafted whoever from the from the world, and of course. We had people breaking rules, and and we ended up deciding that we were going to add an additional villain to the team for whatever fucking reason. It was very off the rails. This one's a little bit more controlled. Today, you and I are going to take turns drafting our five Avengers team. Okay. So you can go first. Who do you take as your first official Avenger? Doctor Strange. Okay, so Strange, I love it. I'm going to take Thor for sure. Have to take Thor. So does that mean that I can't take Thor? Is that how we're doing Correct. it? Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's just like the NBA, buddy. Okay. I'm going to take uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh, shit. You're all about that mysticism. So I've got Thor. I will also take... Hmm... I fucking don't want to do this, but I'm going to take Captain Marvel. Okay. I'm going to take the Hulk. Damn it, I knew you were going to fucking do that. That's why I didn't want to take Marvel here, but I felt like if I took Hulk, you were going to take Marvel, and if I took Marvel, you were going to take Hulk. So I had to cut my losses there. Okay. Uh, For three, you know what? Honestly... It's Rocket. I want Rocket Raccoon on my team. He's my dude. I dig it. Um, yeah. For number four. He's been an Avenger. He's been an Avenger longer than a Guardian, by the way. Really? Think about it. So you have Thanos and five years later. So he's almost six years being with the Avengers in that time. And in the time that the Guardians of the Galaxy movies happen, it's only been four years of time. Mm, okay. So he's been an Avenger longer. Okay, for number four, I'm taking pick, Spidey. Sir. Who'd you pick? Spidey. Spider-Man. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's what I thought you said, but I wasn't 100% because my brain sucked. Okay, so if you took Spider-Man, you have Hulk and Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. Son of a bitch, that's a strong team. Um... Hmm, I think that I would also probably need to take Black Panther. Oh, you stole one from me. Yeah, I need Mr. T'Challa. He's very good, very powerful. You're like, shit, now i got to change my list. All right, who you got at the end? Well, I've kind of got a three-way tie. 
and and I'll I'll just I'll just okay. kind of be I'll just kind of be open with them. Iron Man is left on my list if we're doing it pre-death. Okay. Winter Soldier is on my list. And okay. Ant-Man is on my list. Ugh, I'm taking Son of a bitch. I'm ta- I'm taking Scott Lang, Ant-Man, the savior of the MCU. Yeah. So that's my five. Okay. Hmm. I've got Thor, Marvel, Rocket, Panther. All right. I don't even give a fuck, man. I'm going to do it. I'll take Wasp. Ooh. I'll take your Scott Lang, and I'll up it and bring the OG Avenger back. Because you know what? Hope is a great Wasp. Honestly, if we're talking comics, Janet was a phenomenal Wasp. Mm-hmm. I love the possibility now that Cassie in the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie could possibly become her comic superhero version of herself, Stature. Mm-hmm. I love that they aged her up. It makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I'll take Wasp. So you have Hulk. Run me down again. Hulk, Strange, Scarlet Witch, Spidey, and Ant-Man. And- Ant-Man, fuck. So, when you and I, excuse me, when you and I talked about doing this, I made a team number one and a team number two. And ultimately, ultimately I picked from team number one and team number two, but I'll go through each of the teams just for a little bit more fun. Sure, sure, sure. I would love to hear the alternate teams. so So my team number one was going to be Hulk, Thor... Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange. My fucking te- gangster team. My team number two would have been Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Captain Marvel, Spider Man, and Ant Man. So I took a little bit of both. Yeah, bitching. Those are bitching setups. Uh, it's it's fucking crazy to me that to think Cap yelling Avengers Assemble in that one scene has literally, just like in Infinity War, turned every person on that battlefield into an Avenger, meaning that I want to have one more pick. Let's do one last person, and I'm going to add to the roster my pick Howard for my the final team member. God damn it, you son of a bitch. I, it was a gag, obviously, but yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Howard the Duck is an Avenger now. I, I, I fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew the moment that you said that, that you were going to pick Howard the Duck. <clears throat> Shit. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. So so let me ask you this, um, you know, kind of while we're talking about Avengers. Um, kind of a an on-screen pairing that I've always wanted to see now that, you know, now that they're kind of personified in the MCU, are we ever going to see a Scarlet Witch Doctor Strange team up and or um conflict between the two? Oh. Uh if there's a conflict, I I mean, you know, honestly, I've said it a million times, dude, and you know where I'm going to go with this. The first time, as soon as you say conflict, I go, well, yeah, if they do House of M, mm-hmm. and as we've talked about doing the reverse House of M, where she brings all the mutants out, and, you know, maybe she makes it, you know, where everybody's a mutant or something, so that gets undone, and, and it's actually 25% of the population is found to actually have mutant abilities, and then that's like the stepping stone forward. But I would love 
Scarlet Witch to team up with Doctor Strange because they are so fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and- the moment that you- go ahead, go ahead. I I think it would be a really cool dynamic because Scarlet Witch has her powers. Um, you know, she was given her powers unwillingly, and I feel like even at the time of Endgame, she doesn't really have a grasp on what she can and cannot do. You know, she's kind of got her bag of tricks, but obviously her potential isn't realized. And then, you know, Doctor Strange is, you know, I mean, he's the guy. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking got the Sanctum, he's got the Time Stone, you know, um, the Ancient One's gone. You know, he is he is the fucking Grand Poobah of Wizards. You know what I mean? And I feel like... Doctor Strange at the time of Endgame, even though, you know, they've been in the Soul Realm, I feel like he has a lot more ceiling to achieve um, with who he is. And I, I just feel like it, w- it would make for a lot of very interesting dialogue. There's a lot of, of um, there's a lot of different directions that you could take. You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a team-up. It could just be the two of them being on screen together at the same time. Because um, we obviously haven't seen that, I, I I think there there's there's kind of a bag of tricks that you could pull from to utilize those two characters going forward. Well, I think the one thing about Scarlet Witch is you know her actualization of her power was right before she got snapped because mm-hmm. she's like holy shit I actually held Thanos back by myself used my other part of my powers to destroy the Mind Stone out of, out, of, out of Vision. You know, and of course that gets undone or whatever, but then when you see her return in Endgame, it's the you took everything from me, and he's like, I don't even know who you are. She, she, you know, she, she's like, you will. And then there's the moment where she's lifting him up and ripping his armor off of him, mm-hmm. and he decides to fire on the battlefield like, she is literally single-handedly taking out Thanos and not really trying. And it's proven right there. Like, he didn't have the gauntlet, and if he wouldn't have fired on the entire battlefield, it's likely Thanos dies by Scarlet Witch's hands. So it would be awesome to see Doctor Strange be like, look, I can help you hone this. I know Mm -hmm. my powers and your powers aren't exactly the same, but they come from the same place. Let Mm -hmm. me show you, you know? Yeah, I would dig that. Cause that's Absolutely, you know that's man. that's kind of that's kind of the question of where we're at right now. Like, you know, everybody's everybody's asking the question, where do we go next? I mean, the door's open. Um, you know, we've you know we know that we've got Spider-Man: Far From Home um, coming up here soon, and I think that will that will definitely set kind of the wheels in motion for uh, it's Phase Four, right? Yeah, we're starting phase. Well, no, no, no. Uh, Spider Man is actually like the the epilogue of the phase three. It's it right. is actually technically the last movie. Right. Um, I'm saying then going we'll forward jump- from Spider Man. I'm saying. Oh going yeah, forward, totally. That's phase four. So I I think um, you know I'm I'm super hyped for for Spider Man Far From Home. Um, I'm excited to get. Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. At first, I wasn't really enthusiastic about it, but kind of the more I think about it, I'm really, really digging it. Um, and I think at the end of that movie, even before we get an after credit sequence, because you know we're going to. Um, totally. 
I think enough will have happened with enough characters that it sets phase four in motion beautifully. And then we get to talk about all the cool shit happening next. So I, I'm pretty amped up for Spider-Man, and I know you are too, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it's crazy to think that in Spider-Man, they uh, they just recently released a teaser, and they will be addressing who took over Avengers Tower in this movie. Cool. There's a sequence in the Japanese trailer where he is in front of that building, and they're assuming you pan up after that. That's what they're not showing us right now to who owns that building. So maybe it's Oscorp. Maybe it's the Baxter building. Speaking of the Fantastic Four, I have this little tidbit that I wanted to throw your way. Apparently, there has been a rumor casting... Uh, it was not only a fan casting. This is from the horse's mouth himself saying that he's excited to be a part of it and bring this thing to the MCU. And David Harbour is teasing he might be playing the thing. See, I would be okay with that. I don't really care for the Fantastic Four. You know, I've talked about that a lot on this show. Um, especially the thing. Uh, but I was, I was actually really hopeful for David or, or, you know, kind of hyped up for David Harbour as Hellboy. And, you know, that movie got pulled from theaters prematurely. And that's unfortunate. Um, you know, if it was a bad movie, okay. But I, I don't think any movie deserves to be pulled from theaters, um, you know, prematurely. Because I, 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 I didn't get a chance to go see it. And I planned on going to see it before its run was over. Um, but I, I really dig David Harbour. I, th- I think, um, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that gets, un- that, that is very undervalued or underappreciated. And if he is going to play the thing, I'm all about it. I want to see that guy do as much, as much as he possibly can. There's another rumored casting for Fantastic Four. I don't know if you've read into it, but it's John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Oh, so much so that the recent Marvel Comics drew Mr. Fantastic to look like John Krasinski. Yes, I mm-hmm. love that as a fantasy casting that I, I've been championing him and his wife, Emily Blunt, literally being Sue and Reed Richards. It would be absolutely phenomenal. One thing I do want to say, we're on this David Harbour thing. I need to throw a wrench in the story because where he's going to appear is starting to bring a lot of uh, questions as... It has been rumored he will be debuting in the Black Widow movie as Ben Grimm. Okay. And the Black Widow movie is going to be set after Civil War, before Infinity War. So it's a period piece within that time frame that we don't get her story. Okay. So who knows? I don't know. Is that is that's this? I mean. So maybe it's a long shot because it's been in development since before Disney owned the rights to the Fox characters, but I don't know. I thought, see, I thought the Black Widow movie was going to be like early 2000s, like, like prequel, like legit prequel, prequel, you know, before, like before she met up with Tony, um, in Iron Man 2. After the events of Captain Marvel, so she's like kind of in that middle ground that still hasn't really been touched. Mm-hmm. That's what I had read. I mean, but I, I, I think I would actually like it better um, 
you know, if we got modern day widow instead of, you know, 1990s or early 2000s widow, I, I, you know, as much as, as much as I love time travel, um, and, and as much as I love prequels, sometimes, sometimes it's just not what you need. So, you know, if they, if they said it before civil or right after civil war, that keeps it relevant. That keeps it. It's it's still fresh in the mind, you know. And, and there's there's a lot of different different directions they can take with it. So I think I would my, I think I would hope, enjoy that more. My hope for that movie is that we get a flashback with her and Clint in Budapest and mm-hmm. see what actually played out there. Why is there such a deference on how they remember that going down? Well, because it's referenced three different times throughout the Avengers timeline. Well, not only that, but there—I I don't know if it's just me noticing it—but there's an immense amount of sexual tension in regards to Budapest. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to know what the fuck happened in Budapest. Was it one night in Budapest? Was it a job? Ooh. Was it a job gone awry? I don't know, but I want to see it. Hmm. Here's something that I want. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go. I, like I said, I just haven't had a little bit of news to throw your way today that I wanted us to cover. Uh, like the High Evolutionary might have been cast for Guardians of the Galaxy three, and it might be from someone we know from a galaxy far, far away. James Gunn, a couple, well, actually, right before he uh, lost his job at Disney had said him and Mark Hamill had some conversations about bringing Mark to the MCU. And the rumor is now that he is playing Rocket's creator, the High Evolutionary, in Guardians 3, making him the main bad guy. How do you feel about that? I fucking dig it. Uh, You know, Mark Hamill's kind of in the twilight of his career. And I think that, um, you know, he kind of wasn't given the fair shake, you know, in the early portion or middle of his career because he was the guy that played Luke Skywalker. And, um, you know, other than the Joker, I mean, the guy didn't really do a whole lot. Um, so, uh, you know, I love Mark Hamill as an actor. I think he's fantastic. I think he's very underutilized. He's incredibly talented. And he, one thing that, that sets uh, Mark Hamill apart for me is he's one of those guys that gives a shit. He gives a shit about what he's doing. Um, and I think uh, Mark Hamill is the high evolutionary or anyone else that you want to cast him as would be fantastic. I've been kind of upset that that DC hasn't got a hold of him to cast him as the fucking Joker because that man is the Joker in my mind. So, um, Oh my God, him as a live action Joker would mm, be nuts. It would be nuts because, you know, to to put it plainly, Mark Hamill's fucking nuts, and that's okay. You got you got to kind of see a version of that uh, in the Flash, because he plays the trickster. They brought him back, and in one of the different alternate Earth versions that Barry Allen goes to, Mark Hamill's trickster looks like the Joker. Like his outfit is the Joker, but his face isn't obviously painted. So it's a, it's a really neat like okay. little nod to him and his history. Uh, more Marvel Studios stuff here. As apparently they're going to be working... Oh, I'm so stoked to even say this. They're planning an Ultimates movie. Hell yeah. 
which the MCU doing the Ultimates universe and possibly, again, exploring multiverse theory and new heroes that are like heroes we already have had, but you can then at some point drive to this secret war story that they, they've been teasing they want to do. Listen, mm-hmm. the Russos saying, oh, man, we'd love to do secret wars is not some sort of bullshit smokescreen. They want that. Yeah. And they would do it right. I mean, imagine the scale of that scene in Endgame amplified with all sorts of different versions of all sorts of heroes we've seen through all of time and space in one arena battling to the quote-unquote death, or mm-hmm. so they think. And and villains, too. We can't, we can't take those away either yes. because... You know, we could get. Um, I've I've been reading a lot of talks here lately about how Abomination might make a resurgence uh, in Phase Four of the MCU. Justin Hammer. Mm-hmm. Justin Hammer's another Hell one. Yeah. Um, two quick things uh, to kind of go along with sure. the, with, to, with what you brought up about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's rumors that Alexander Skarsgård is going to play Adam Warlock. He's the guy that played uh, the last. Tarzan and in or he played Tarzan in the last Tarzan movie. Um, I also read uh, a thing from the Russos about Nova, you know, a, a character that you and I have been fanboying about on this show for the last year and a half. Um, he was originally written in as one of the alternate plot lines in Infinity War and Endgame. Shit, they should have just fucking did it. So the way uh, the way he that was they, also written in the original Guardian script. Mm-hmm. The way that they had him Ugh. written in 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 the original or one of the original Infinity War scripts was basically being the herald of Thanos, like the Hulk was. So instead of the Hulk, um, you know, being jettisoned uh, with the Bifrost into the Sanctum Santorum, it would be. Um, Richard Ryder and and all the Nova Power showing up on Earth, being like, oh. like, hey man, this guy's coming. Uh, he's he's pretty beefy, and from what from what this interview that I read anyway the other day, I'll have to see if I can find the link and send it to you. Um, but the the Russo brothers really really wanted. Uh the the Nova inclusion to be the one that they went with and apparently they got some push from a different direction and that's why the version that we got is the one that we got and I'm okay with that because Infinity War was a masterpiece Endgame was a masterpiece um, at that time um, Nova was kind of be kind of gonna be the Captain Marvel character that we ended up getting in in Endgame. So, I I want that character to show up when the time is right, and I want them to do that character right because I feel like they've done pretty much everybody the way that they need to. So, um, if I gotta wait a little bit longer, that's fine. Um, but from what I've been reading, we should expect to see uh, Nova make his appearance in Phase 4 of the MCU. I think that uh, one of the ways I recently said would be really cool is, you know, you're getting this Eternals movie. The Eternals movie is going to have Thanos' dad, Alars, in it. 
it's going to have a lot of different characters that are that predate a lot of what we've seen in the MCU. With Thanos still being attached to that, though, it totally makes sense for them to flash back or flash forward to him getting the Power Stone from Xandar, which then could easily set up the Richard Rider Nova story because mm-hmm. that is the crux of it. So you could put it in as early as the Eternals. You could put it as an after credit sequence for Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different places you could play with that. One thing, and I know we aren't even too far from home yet. You and I haven't seen the movie. We don't know how that plays out. Big rumor coming out of Marvel, though. Have you heard what their possible plan for Spider-Man 3 is? Oh, oh, I'm so glad I get to break this news to you because it's going to make your head explode. So there are currently three avenues that Disney is looking at in order to introduce the Merc with the Mouth Deadpool mm. to the MCU. One of the ways would be giving him his own Disney Plus series, which would keep him mostly himself, but tone him down just a hair, pulling him back just a little bit to get closer to that pg 13 goodness that they want. Uh, also, the bigger rumor of those is going with Deadpool 3, just rebooting it there, giving his own movie. But the one that has people most excited for the possibility is him being a part of Spider-Man 3. See, th- I, that makes the most sense to me. I mean, I want to see Deadpool 3 anyway. Um, I want... Only if they call it Deadpool Reboot, and he like talks about it like, well, we got bought up. I get to join the MCU yep. now, get to have my fresh origin story. <laughs> totally totally okay with that. <clears throat> I want... I want... Deadpool is one of the only characters that I want to continue to have almost exclusively standalone movies. I think I would... I, I think as far as the MCU goes, I would enjoy Deadpool more as a supporting character, uh, kind of in the the same same regards as Hulk, Hulk? has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think especially with Spider-Man going forward, um, comic-wise, there's so much history between the two characters. You know, obviously Deadpool has had interaction with with every major character in the MCU and, and realistically every minor character too. Um, but you know, seeing, seeing, um, you know, chimichanga man and, and Spidey hanging out in New York city would be really cool. Um, you know, that might even be a way that you introduce, uh, you know, dead or, uh, not dead Deadpool. Cause that's who we're talking about, but maybe Punisher down the line. Maybe you could have, Punisher show Ooh. up in a a Deadpool and Spider-Man movie. I think that would be really interesting. Um you know the the, the one I, I, love that I, I think idea. the one st- the one stipulation that we're allowed as fans is you got to keep Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, man. I, I If they made a Deadpool movie Easily. with anyone other than Ryan Reynolds, I probably wouldn't watch it. And going further than that, I think you've got to keep Josh Brolin as as Cable. Creates an interesting problem, but I think it could be remedied with some comedy. You know, you just well, look. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you have a jawline just like that Thanos guy? You know. Well, and like, oh, and shit. you know, you you've already you've already got a little bit of that in in Deadpool too. You know, when when he says, "Calm down, Thanos." You know, um, yep. I just it it makes sense as as long as they 
don't fly off the rails. I think anything that they do with Deadpool going forward is going to make sense, and it's going to be awesome. You know, I was I was bold enough to say last year at LaFiCon that <coughs> excuse me that Deadpool two was the best movie, um, you know, comic or you know, Marvel wise of twenty eighteen. I thought Deadpool Deadpool two was fantastic. Um, I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I just I, I thought it was funny that it retconned its own history. It's just it's. You know, he's already a character. Deadpool is already a character with no boundaries. And, you know, is he totally accurate to the original source material? No. Does it matter? No. Um, you know, you've got you've got someone someone that belongs in that role that enjoys being that character. Um, you know, you've got fans like us that, that kind of got reinvigorated with the character. I mean, you've got fucking Deadpool shoes. I mean, I like the ha- Deadpool shoes. They're the bomb. How 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 many how many pairs of Deadpool shoes would would a guy think about buying prior to Ryan Reynolds being a the you know taking over that character? I might have looked at it and been like, yeah, those shoes are cool. But the moment that that I saw Deadpool one, Deadpool two. Um, I, and, and I saw you get the shoes. I was like, man, I really want a fucking pair of those shoes. You know? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. It's just, you know, I'm, you know, I've said it a million times. You've said it a million times. We keep saying that we're excited to see what the MCU does moving forward, especially with all the acquisitions that they have now. And I can't stress enough that that's, that's an understatement. Because what Disney and Marvel have done now, up until this point, they have—they are the gold standard of modern cinema. And you know Absolutely. now, especially now that Endgame is over with, and and we're going into Phase Four, all the best writers in Hollywood, all the best talent in Hollywood, you know, all, uh, the cream of the crop of the industry are going to be coming out of the woodwork um, to be involved in these projects. So everything that we've enjoyed up until this point, you should have no expectation other than we're climbing to Mount Everest from here. It's all up. It's all uphill from here. Hell yeah, absolutely. So one hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, so let's see. Um, I have something about the the team that did the digital work for Endgame. Okay. Guess what they want to do? Secret Wars. No. Bigger. <laughs> uh, Much bigger. Everything. They specifically said the 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 uh one of the crew members, one of the main crew members for Industrial Light and Magic, Bruce Holcomb, said that the two that are always being talked about is Galactus and Silver Surfer. Ah uh, shit, yes. So I need it. Uh, yeah, man. I think Galactus is the the you know maybe the twenty year plan for Marvel. I think because I think once you pull that gun, there's really no going back. There's no undoing having Galactus on the board. Like you can't just snap him out of existence and be like that was good enough. It's fine. Well, I mean, see, that's a tough one 
Because Galactus is either a character that you have to... Galactus is either a character that you have to build up for 10 plus years and then have kind of an Infinity War slash Endgame, maybe a trilogy of movies of, you know, defeating Galactus and the Silver Surfer and, you know, breaking the Silver Surfer out of his chains and and, and using his abilities to your advantage. Um, There's so many different ways that you could introduce Galactus. There's so many different... Uh, villains that you could use as uh, pawns in Galactus's plan. Um, you know, you could see some of those villains working with Galactus, but having their own goals and effectively just being um, effectively trying to protect Earth and you know the the known universe, so Galactus doesn't come and gobble everything up. So you know, we might see some villain hero team-ups i think that would be really really cool um especially you know especially if if the fantastic four gets introduced and you know you've got to have uh dr doom as as your main villain for the fantastic four it doesn't make any sense any other way um and, and i'm not I'm not saying that you should do it the way that they did uh, with Rise of the Silver Surfer because that movie was obviously awful. Um, But I think that having Doctor Doom involved in any any major plan, um, either on the side of Galactus or, you know, inevitably to to kind of thwart his plans. um, You know, I, I I don't. Galactus, like I said just a second ago, Galactus is a tough one because you've either got to build up for for years and years and years or you have to introduce him and then build up for years and years and years. It, it, it's kind of weird because, I mean, say say we do, say phase four is the introduction of Galactus and we build up for the entirety of Phase 4 to the confrontation with Galactus, what are they going to do after Galactus? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's too many... That's too big of a thing to tackle. You know, that's almost like you're, we're going out. This is it. Galactus well, so, will eat this Earth, and the MCU will be over. Like, that's so, it. So let me ask you this. <laughs> do you even introduce Galactus then? Do you, Or do you just find different avenues to drive down because you know I, I just you know I, I I just went on like 10 different scenarios on how you introduce him people that you include people that you don't include you know do you introduce him early and then build up to a confrontation with him do you introduce him late right before the confrontation and then just have basically minions of Galactus being your hurdles up until the main guy. I I mean, I, I think with, with the talent that they have and the kind of the respect that they have in the industry, I think regardless of what direction they choose, it'll be the right one. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be... You know, it's not going to be the uphill positivity that I just kind of alluded to. It'll literally be an uphill battle. I mean, you've got a lot of leg to climb before you get to the top of Galactus. Um, and, and I, I think. Oh, great! Pun. I think realistically, um, 
I think before they tackle Galactus and and even before they tackle Secret Wars, I think you need you need to figure out how you're going to introduce the mutants into the MCU. And I think you need to get that really really established. Almost to the Enrolling. almost almost to the point where you know your yearly catalog of MCU films is dominated by X-Men movies. Like two of the three a year are X-Men related for a little bit just to establish mm-hmm. their importance and the and, fact that they and, are so embedded into everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it kind of goes along with what I was saying about uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. There's some stipulations to to the mutants being introduced into the MCU. I'm not the biggest James McAvoy fan in the world. Uh, I appreciate his talent. I didn't really care for him as young Professor X. He was a little bit underwhelming for me. That doesn't mean it was a bad casting. I just didn't care for it. I think fans will riot if James McAvoy doesn't continue as Professor X in some regard. Um, but even stronger than that, I think you've got to keep Michael Fassbender as young Magneto. Um, and I, cause I, it's tough because it's one of those, it's one of those castings that I can't see anyone else doing as good a job as Fassbender has done. And I'm not saying that there's no one out there that can, um, you know, cause kind of the, kind of the standard that, that I've always set is, um, Hugh Jackman as Logan as Wolverine. Who else are you going to fucking choose? <clears throat> right now they're talking about Henry Cavill taking that role over. I think that would be I'd be good. okay with it. I, 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 he's he's one of the first people that I would really, really be okay with it. Charlie Hunnam is another one that I think is kind of battling it out for that spot. Sons of Anarchy? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've I never think, seen it, but okay. I, I think if you put... Uh, I, definitely, I definitely recommend it. It was a great show. Um, I'm, sure, it's sure. it's another one of those with a really controversial <clears throat> ending that most of the fans hated. I loved it, um, but uh, I think I think you really need to get I you need to get the mutants in. You need to get them established. You need to get the major characters established. So you know, Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast. Uh, Colossus has already been introduced, so that you know that would be be an easy avenue, especially if, um, especially if you brought a lot of the mutant interactions in from the Deadpool the Deadpool films that you've already you've already laid a little bit of that groundwork. So, um, it, it's just tough. It's just tough. Because it, Do you think that some of these names of movies that we're allegedly getting in Phase 4 are red herrings so they can't... Like, there's been some big names attached to the Eternals, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Some really big actors, you know. And I think about it and I go, man, if you're Marvel, wouldn't you play it off like that's the route you're going? So that when you actually announce that it's the first X-Men movie like you were just suggesting or whatever, that it actually shocks people and they're surprised because... Again, we're in this era now where 
Marvel's in uncharted waters. They just closed a chapter. They really need to have a strong start to their second chapter, much like we learned leaving the first Avengers movie and going into Iron Man 3. If you've if you have shortcomings, it's gonna people are gonna fall off the train for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that. L- let go me ahead. let me ask you this: so, of the movies that are announced in Phase Four, can you just go through that list, and then we can kind of pick and choose what we think is and is not a red herring? Because I would love to do okay. that. So the, the, there are five, right? Well, okay, four if you don't count Spidey, because. Okay. It's it's the fringe one. Spidey Far From Home is your fringe movie. It's in between the two, so, right? So the first one. But then you've got. Hold on. So the first one, um, I think a good place to start would be the Eternals, because we've talked about yes, on this the show. Eternals before, has been rumored. We've talked about this before on the show that that actually being a stand-in um, for being Doctor Strange two, and if we're gonna talk about red herrings. You know, when you and I discussed it being actually Doctor Strange 2, I loved that. It makes the most sense to me because, you know, the Doctor Strange film didn't really take the box office by storm. It didn't suffer by any means and it it didn't fall short. I'm not saying that. But, you know, Captain Marvel versus Doctor Strange, how many people do you think saw Doctor Strange and were like, yep, I gotta fucking see that? And it ends up being one of the most relevant films, you know, in the build-up to Endgame and Infinity War. Um, I love Doctor Strange too. I want more of Benedict Cumberpickle as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want more of Cumberpickle Bendersnatch um, as Doctor Strange because it, it's Did you one just of say the Licky Pickle snick, Stick and Scratch. I did say. Uh, Nestle Tollhouse and Ferrero Rocher ruined fucking the original Butterfinger formula. Um, Amen. Preach it, brother. <laughs> fucking. Oh, I'm still mad. But uh, every time they post a fucking sponsored post on Facebook, I spam that shit with all kinds of funny negative memes and you and I an both angry do. react. The Man. moment the the moment that I see you comment on it, I'm on it for like the next five hours, just shit posting. <laughs> Yes, but oh, but I awesome. but I I think the Eternals movie is another one that kind of doesn't make sense to me because in the build up to Galactus, I think it would be really interesting, um, you know, as kind of a filler movie because I think that's kind of what it is anyway. Um, to take a break between what's going on right now. And let's look at what happened in the past. Um, but it makes more sense to me that it's actually Doctor Strange too. So what else? What else is um, on the Guardians docket? Three, I guess, which for is phase obviously going to be Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, there's there's no question there. Guardians Three will be Guardians Three. That there's no placeholder for some other movie or anything like that. Uh, Black Widow most likely would be Black Widow. I wouldn't see why they would why they would shift that. The other one that has me saying maybe this is a red herring is Shang Chi. Like you're using one of the most unknown characters in the entirety of Marvel's comic book history just to make everyone feel included. I mean, I'm not trying to be shitty here, but that's what it sounds like they're trying to do is the master of kung fu and like this 
totally different storyline and whatever. And of course, it could be interesting, could be a place to introduce the real Mandarin, or it could be them completely bullshitting us because why, like, when you're putting marquee names up, Sure, Guardians of the Galaxy might not sell, but I don't think you're selling people on Shang-Chi. I think that's a really, really hard sell. I mean, you didn't well, do me, an me, Inhumans movie. Let me ask you this. Um, sure. Just, just, just as far as Shang-Chi goes, I think if they, if they do end up doing a Shang-Chi movie, that it will... I mean, there will be untold people interested in the character, and it will be a rebirth for the character, and it'll be you know really positive. Um, sure. But why would yeah. why would you why would you do a Shang Chi movie and not an Iron Fist movie? A character that's more well known, a character that's very similar to Shang Chi. Um, you know, kind of on the on the surf on the surface. Why why would you make a poorly written TV show? instead of making an Iron Fist movie. Yeah, see, these are these are the decisions that, again, Marvel's going to come correct with us, and they're going to have to either be for real and say, look, like we have these movies in play. We're doing big things. We joked, and we said it was going to be the Eternals, but in reality, it's X-Men. Oh, we're actually doing it, you know? And it's like, holy cow, that's... Uh, a jump forward into the annals of history. But I think that whatever Marvel decides to do, we're only a few short months away from finding out. And I feel like after opening weekend of Spider-Man Far From Home, we will know what the future of the MCU holds. I really hope that, um, you know, I hope we as fans, I don't really know how to articulate it, but I hope we don't get duped to the point where I, I hope we don't get duped hard enough that it puts a bad taste in our mouth for phase four going forward, phase five going forward in the future. Because um, I think a little bit of misdirection is obviously necessary. You don't want to put all your cards on the table um, on the first hand. Um, but, I mean, when I saw... Before you and I started talking about it, when I saw they were doing an Eternals movie, my first thought was, okay, you know, that'd be kind of cool to kind of change it up. But I don't, unless there's a major reason why they're going back in time, you know, and there's been so much talk about how Thanos' father will be included in the Eternals. I mean, it's really not relevant right now. And I yeah, don't. Thanos is not around anymore. It's like, why do you need to tell his backstory now that he's dead? I and and Thanos, you know, Josh Brolin and, and uh, as Thanos and the Russo brothers did such a good job of personifying that character while still making it their own. Um, you know, I I actually enjoyed this version of Thanos more than the original version that was just trying to fuck the goddess of death. Um. You know, yeah, uh, that one was a little bit bland. Obviously, ruthless and cruel, and you know, calculated. Um, but I mean, this this Infinity War was Thanos's movie. He was the main character, and and it, it was a banger of a movie. Obviously, 
Um, I just I don't really see what their play is with making an Eternals movie, and then I mean, I I gotta be honest. I had to when I saw that Shang Chi was one of the rumored Phase Four movies. I had to look up who the fucking character was, and it and it's not it and it it you know it's there's someone out there that's gonna be that's going to spin this as well. He's, he's fucking anti, uh, you know, Asian oriental people. No, I just, I, I'm not familiar with the character. Um, you know, I remember vaguely seeing the character like maybe once or twice, but I, I didn't fucking know anything about him. So it's just, I agree with you that, I, I, I strongly feel that they're bluffing us. And I don't know if that's going to be the X-Men direction. Because here's something else I think that they could do totally. Um, you get a... you get a, And I don't know if you create a major studio or you, you kind of cannibalize or, or repurpose one of the studios that you as Disney and Marvel already own. And you make X Men movies side by side with your MC MCU movies, and then when they need to be together, they're together, and then when they're not, they're separate. You know that obviously would not be the most ideal way to do it. I don't think, um, but I think it kind of makes more sense. Oh, I just had an interesting thought. So where Avengers Tower once was, not Avengers Tower, but the Avengers facility in Endgame once was, is now nothing but ash and and rubble. And you would assume the Avengers probably aren't going to rebuild in that same specific location. It's a little symbolic to them. But Mm -hmm. what if there was a new school for mutants Mm -hmm. that needed a bunch of land? Like little Uh. little things, little things like that. you know, I think you would have to justify for some people how how Charles got the school there instead of, you know, it being like his family home. Um you know, you're mm. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to justify it for somebody. Um but but for people like us that just love great storytelling, fuck yeah, build that school. Put fuck <laughs> put fucking wheelchair ramps in that motherfucker everywhere. Hell yeah. I want to see it. Can, and then you would have, then you could have upstate New York, not New York City, have the X Men, which leaves you exactly what you're saying, where they're separate until they need to be together. Mm-hmm. That's well, a and, very and sensible play. You could almost introduce, and and it would it would be slower and it would take more time, but you could almost introduce them one character at a time. You've already introduced Colossus with Deadpool. Make him relevant to Deadpool 3 or however Deadpool is being included going further. And then just trickle, um, you know, whoever whoever's the captain of the Avengers now, maybe he gets a letter from a man named Charles, or maybe he or she gets a letter from Charles Xavier, you know, wanting to meet, and that's an after credit scene, or... Um, oh, that would be sick. You know, maybe Scarlet Witch gets an invitation to go to the school of gifted youth um, from from Charles Xavier Maybe to himself, be a teacher or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you could introduce Logan, uh, you know, any number of ways. Maybe, because because here's part of here's part of my question: Do you utilize any of your Disney Plus shows to introduce mutants and any other relevant character going forward? Yeah, I think that it's it's going to make the most... I mean, especially, we just talked about this. We covered it today on Foodies, which you guys will be hearing on Wednesday, but Disney acquired all of Hulu, man. So now you can put the Hulu with Disney Plus as a bonus add-on, and now every person in America who has Hulu is going to go, oh, well, for only a few more bucks, I can get all the Disney shows, and it's going to be cheaper than Netflix? Sold. So you have an avenue now, and I think I covered this a couple weeks ago. How cool would it be if... Falcon and the Winter Soldier story, season one, you get to the build, and Sam is finally ready to be Captain America, and he's going to bring the team together for this mission, which is the next Avengers movie. And it literally builds you right to that doorstep, so when you step into the movie, you've already seen what Sam's been through. You already know what Bucky's gone through and where everyone else is, just with references, because you don't have to have... Everybody in the MCU on screen for the Disney Plus shows to keep them relevant just by word of mouth saying their name, mentioning a moment in time they were a part of keeps them relevant. So when you go back to the main MCU, it blows the doors open and now you're really interconnected in a way that no one's done before. And one thing one thing that I really enjoyed about the, um, you know, kind of last X-Men universe you know, in days and not in days of future past, but in first class, um, you know, when they're when they're recruiting their team of mutants, just that simple scene of of uh, McAvoy and Fassbender walking in, and Logan sitting at the bar with a cigar in his mouth, you know, fuck off, fuck off, okay, um, you know how. <laughs> <coughs> how entertaining of a scene, you know, and obviously you don't have to do the exact same scene, but I think you could easily do that with um, maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, bump into Logan somewhere. Uh, maybe maybe Logan gets introduced as, um, or, or kind of in the same way that he did in the original X-Men movie. Maybe the fucker is a cage fighter. <laughs> and... Ooh. You know, I mean, I mean, it's just there's so many different avenues that you can take, and it, I, obviously, you know, I'm gonna eat it up whatever direction they take. I'm I'm really excited for Disney Plus to finally drop because I I wanna I wanna dive balls deep into the fucking Mandalorian. I wanna watch that show so bad I can't hardly stand it. Um, Less than five months see, away now from mm-hmm. Disney Plus. So I'm. I'm I might I might be more excited for this phase of the MCU than I have um the last two because just because I knew I knew going into Infinity War and Endgame that my fucking heart was going to be destroyed and um you know I I didn't really care for Guardians 2 I didn't really care for uh, you know, the last two Iron Man movies. It's just, there's some duds in there, I think. And with with the way that they close this chapter, I think it'll be hard for them 
it'll be hard for them to make anything subpar going forward. Because yeah, because one misstep, everybody jumps off the train. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they've gotten so close to achieving perfection that now they've tasted it, and you know, it, it's almost like the fountain of youth. You take that, you take that, that first sip, and then you can't let it go. Got to keep going back to the well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, us as fans, we're going to keep going no matter what, unless, you know, unless they obviously totally ruin it. But, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I mean, I can't say it any other way. I'm, I'm just fucking excited. So I got to we're going to close with this a uh, couple things. I have a question for you that's DC related because we didn't talk about this yet. And I need to know your opinion. Sparkle tits. What do you think about sparkly Batman? Possibly. Mm, I'm I'm not a fan. Um, Me neither, man. It doesn't make sense. It's not it, the right casting. This is Val Kilmer it, all over again. Well, I, I got to play devil's advocate a little bit because I really enjoyed Val Kilmer as Batman. Let me rephrase that. I really enjoyed Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. <clears throat> Thank he you. Was, he was, Thank he you. was, he was, an, he was an okay Batman. I still... I still hold my opinion of Ben Affleck as the best Batman that we've gotten um, in our lifetime other than... Um, shit, I always forget his name. What was the first guy? Keaton? Yes, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton? Yeah. I, I, re- I really dug <laughs> Michael Keaton's Batman. You know, he, he did a really good job of playing both characters because Batman and Bruce Wayne are two different characters. It's not it's not just one dude putting on a costume. They're they're entirely different characters. They're entirely different mindsets. Um Yeah, the psychology and, of that character is you're wearing a mask as Bruce Wayne, but you're really you as Batman. Mm-hmm. And I There's thought that Ben energy. Affleck I real I really dug Ben Affleck, um, you know, hit their take on or their version of Batman being, you know, a little bit older, a little bit, you know, road weary. Um, you know, he's tough, but he can only do so much. And, uh, you know, obviously the comedy was dry and a little bit unnecessary. Um, but I was sad to see Ben Affleck go uh, from that character. And, you know, you and I have talked about fan castings, who would we, who we would cast going forward and Robert Pattinson was definitely not definitely not the one that we were going to pick. Um he was you know, probably I'm, I'm, first on my list of never playing Batman. Not at all anywhere on the list of could possibly play Batman. You know, and I I'm not I'm not even shitting on the guy because, you know, of the Twilight stuff. I have not <clears throat> I have not personally seen Robert Pattinson do anything incredible. Um, you know, not not that I mean, you have. To... He was Cedric in in Harry Potter. I'll give him that. Woo. Um. <laughs> oh, woo. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, um, has... <coughs> excuse me. Has he done some? Um. Has he had some roles that are not very recognized? Absolutely. Is he uh, a competent actor? I think so. Is he the right guy for Batman? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
Charlie Hunnam is another guy uh, in the running. I think him and, and Pattinson are kind of the two. I think if Pattinson changes his mind and turns it down, I think Hunnam is, is the next guy in line. Um, it's just, it. you know, he might surprise us and be fantastic as kind of a younger Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, that it might be okay. I just don't, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. I agree with you 100%, my friend. All right, well, um, I forgot to do this last week, but it kind of worked out because I would have just been riffing by myself. In short, there's a bunch of people who have debuted in May. This is the last episode we're getting in May of Journey into Comics, and the next week next week is June. But next week is four weeks until my new co-host appears. wonder who it'll be. I'm excited to see Spoiler who it is. Al- Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler. Okay, anyways, so I'm going to throw these at you mighty fast, give you some information, and then we'll riff about them at the end here. So here are some people that debuted in the month of May in comic book history. First up, we had Daniel Rand, also known as Iron Fist, debuting May of 74 in Marvel Premiere 15, created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Uh, the second version of the X-Men first debuted in Giant Size X-Men number one, featuring the first appearances of Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Thunderbird, among many others. Len Wein was the creator, uh, R.I.P. Len. I think he passed away last year. May of 75 is when that came out. We had Rocket Raccoon. I actually didn't know this. First debuted May of 82, Incredible Hulk 271. So I always thought that he was in like a Vamprella or some sort of weird novella type story, mm-hmm. but that might have been uh, Star-Lord. Uh, we've got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles debuted in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, Eastman and Laird, May of 84. Uh, so they're celebrating their 35th anniversary this year, the Ninja Turtles, 35 years old. Firestar Angelica Angel Jones debuts in May of 85 and Uncanny X-Men 193. Uh, Spawn, Albert... Francis Simmons, May of 92, and Spawn number one. Todd McFarland created him. One of my favorites, Bob, Agent of Hydra, May of 07, debuting in Cable and Deadpool 38. Uh, Fabian, I can't ever say his name, and Riley Brown. And then a, a throwback, interestingly enough, because Mr. Brian K. Morris writes for new versions of this character, but the original Skyman debuted May of 1940, Columbia Comics, Big Shot Comics number one, uh, Gardner Fox and Ogden Whitney were the creators of Skyman, and like I said, Brian K. Morris now writes stories from that character, um, interestingly enough. So lots of crazy characters debuted in May, Tyler. What were some of your favorites that I threw out there? Uh, obviously I'm a big fan of the Hulk. Um, so that one's nice to see that, you know, we're in the month of his birth, uh, going through the list here. Firestar is another one that, that I really dig. Um, I hope going forward that, that we see more of that character. Um, obviously spawn. I'm, I want, (laughs) I want to get the rebirth of spawn. When is it going to happen? Todd McFarlane said he has a script and everything's ready to roll out. He even has God, a couple fucking, people on the block to play Al. Make it fucking happen. You know who I think should play Al? Who? 
Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Kind of put a younger, yeah. kind of put a younger spin on it. As totally. Maybe not, I mean, it, maybe not a grizzled veteran type guy where it's just a, yeah, fuck yeah, I dig that. Just you know, he's he's such a veteran actor. I mean, Anthony Mackie would be great in that role as well. Looking at people who have done superhero stuff, uh, Ray Fisher would probably be cool. Also, he did a Cyborg in Justice League. I think he mm-hmm. would be my last of those choices to play Al. He's like the dry version of Al if you want him very little comedy, I think. Uh, of all these people that debuted, though, uh, Rocket debuting in Incredible Hulk 271, that's one that I have to get at some point now because Rocket Raccoon's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to today before we jump out here, Tyler? Um... As always, thanks for having me on. I love uh, getting on here with you and letting our brains loose. Um, you know, we don't get to do <clears throat> as podcasters. We gotta we gotta kind of keep it on the rails a little bit. But you give me the freedom or the the freedom. You give me the yes, the a new word, just, the freedom to just let my my fucking brain loose and and talk and stumble and mumble as fast as I possibly can. Um, so I always appreciate it. Man, I think that we have a very special chemistry together when we're bullshitting and talking about nerd stuff. This show, like, I planned four things, and we went damn near two hours. So mm-hmm. it just we're, we can bounce off each other, and there's a lot of good uh, conversation to be had. I think that um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can check out the Journey Into Comics podcast and network at journeyintocomics.com. Just go on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics network. Subscribe. You'll get all of the different shows on our network with some new ones coming up. i got to tell you about one, Tyler, that's uh, that's officially had its first episode recorded that's uh, coming soon. I'm really excited for. Also... You guys go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics and give us a buck for early access and exclusive content where all your monies goes to us trying to make cool shit for you to get. Usually we'll give it away for free. That's what we did last time. So that was awesome. Um, Tyler, thank you again for joining me on today's podcast. It has been an absolute blast because we are the sages of nerddom. I've been Nate. I've been Tyler. We will see you folks later. As always, pop your caps back. Tell them what to do, my friend. And fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.